Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after a long, extended period of time. Turnbuckle Takeover is back. I'm your host, Billy Bailey, and it's time for the Royal Rumble special. It has been a long ride, folks. We have gone through a pandemic. We have gone through no crowd. We have gone through bad angles. It has been a consistent change in the wrestling business every week. It's gone from changing every year to basically changing every week. And the problem with that is angles can't get through to the fans. So let's go with that. Why did I take a break? Well, it was really hard doing what I was doing with no fans. Um, as I stated before, I think in the last video I had done, you know, the fans are a very, very major part of the show. If there are no fans and a crowd for wrestling, especially at the pay-per-views, never mind you the TV. TV was done back in the day with no fans in a studio sometimes, or a very small amount of fans. But nowadays, you have to have that crowd for that energy. In big arenas, in bigger times, with a bigger population. Times are different. That's just how it rolls. Um, I've done my best to try to keep my family safe. Uh, we have a vaccine now, so hopefully that will change the game. And we can get back to normal. Because I think that's the most important thing in all this. We all get back to normal. Especially the wrestling business can get back to normal. I have never in my life been so excited for this WrestleMania that's coming up. Because from my understanding, there's going to be two nights. And each night's going to have 25,000 people. All tested. All socially distanced. If I didn't feel like I'd get COVID, I'd go. But I can't trust people. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, you have the non-maskers and you have all that stuff. It's, it's just not the time yet. Um, but that is a good thing for the wrestling business. There will be some tickets sold, some money made. And even though WWE is now a multi-billion dollar company. And how do you all feel? How do the fans of the Turnbuckle Takeover feel with the fact that they sold the network to the NBC Peacock streaming service? I, I, I couldn't have been more shocked than I think I ever have been with anything that WWE's done on a business-wise sense. It, it wasn't that it's not good. It's the fact that it shocked me. I mean, we have a lot of things coming, and it's all kind of intertwined together. From wrestling coming back with the pandemic almost, hopefully, praying over. Uh, we can all hope. Um, hopefully that behind us. Peacock around WrestleMania time. With the network, I just have one question. They say 17,000 17, hours of footage will be put on right away. Here's my issue with that. There are way more than 17,000 hours worth of footage on the WWE Network. I do not have the math written down, nor do I need to go look it up. It's simple fact. So that goes to show me what is going to be kept off. What what is the what is the thing that's going to say? Well, you know, what is NBC going to say to WWE? Okay, we need to take this off because this isn't good for us. Blah blah blah. They're buying the rights to this network, so they will have say. That's a big issue. I have a big problem with that because me me personally, I mean, I'm I'm putting pennies together as it is right now, waiting for my pay for unemployment. And there are a lot of other people and some, probably some listeners out there that are in the same boat that I am. So scrounging the $10 up, if you're having issues right now financially with the pandemic and all, and again, it ties in with the pandemic, with the virus, it all ties in together. So financially, is it good for WWE? Is it good for NBC? Absolutely. Is it good for WWE? Do they not care anymore? Are they saying, fine, let's try to get out to a wider audience? I, I don't know what other wider audience WWE needs. It, it, unless you've been living under a rock since 1984, you know what at least the WWF is. I don't care if you're a wrestling fan or not. It, it, it does not matter. 
plain and simple fact of the matter is, this is going to be a different year in wrestling. And I figured, hey, right now, for the fans of Turnbuckle Takeover, I need to get my crap together. I need to get back on the air. Uh, you know, it's it's just been a crazy time. But with that being said, let's get right into this episode. And I think we all know what this episode is going to be about. It's about Billy Bailey's favorite time of the year. Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season. It's the one time that no matter how bad WWE books stuff, you watch it anyway because it's the road to WrestleMania, right? And it all starts with the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble has been an event for a very long time. It was one of my personal favorites as a kid. It's where we almost started most of the Turnbuckle Takeover podcast last year. Our biggest episode was the Royal Rumble episode. Well, hopefully this one delivers too. We need to get right into this. This card is not the worst Royal Rumble card I've ever seen. It's it's touch and go with it. It could go very well. It could go very badly. And it all depends on really the booking, as it always does. The booking and the angles. Well, let's see where we're at. Let's start off hot with the pre- on the press. Here's the thing. I don't know who's going to start first. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger and do the men's rumble first. I really hope not. I feel like that is the most important match of the rumble. It either needs to be the women's rumble match last or the men's. I don't want to see one of these world title matches as the last, unfortunately. I can't believe I'm saying that. But with the way that this show is booked, I feel like the women's rumble is going to go first. And the reason I say that is... I'm looking down the list that they have right now, and not even half of the roster for the Rumble is even put together. You have Nia Jack, Charlotte, Blanca, Blanca Bier, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Peyton Royce, Shayna Baszler, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, Tamina, Natalia, and 17 surprises. 17 surprises. Less than 24 hours before the pre-show starts. By the time that I get this uploaded on here, it should be about 24 hours before WWE starts airing pre-show stuff. So, I heard no... You hear rumors. So, the list I'm going to give you are the potential names, rumors. These are not... I, I don't know this for sure. These are just guys or girls that I wrote down that I thought maybe have a chance at showing up. Maybe they're still under contract, haven't done anything. Maybe they're coming back from an injury. Maybe they're a surprise. First and foremost, Becky Lynch just had a child. So I don't think Becky is going to be there. I could be totally wrong. It's her birthday today, actually. So happy birthday to Becky. Then you got Ronda Rousey. I'd rather watch anything but her. But she's on the roster. She could very well be there. She might have an appearance limit on her on her contract that she might have to fulfill before her contract ends, which I believe is this year, but I could be wrong or a year following. Then you got Medusa. Then you have the old school people they could bring in. There's not many. And I had actually a not hard time making this list, but kind of I ran out of names, to be honest. And maybe there are people I'm missing. You know, and you can hit me up at Turnbuckle Takeover. And let me know, hey, man, the, you know, this girl might be in it. Cool, you know. Um, you know, Lita's one. Um, Tori Wilson. You know, then you get into the NXT girls. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Lacey Evans, Io Shiree, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knock, Dakota Kai. You know, Blackheart. I mean, it's... That's 13 extra names I just named. I can't come up with the other four. I mean, maybe Molly Holly's one. Uh, maybe the girl that was on the Superstar Spectacular. I, I mean, I, I don't know. And that still leaves two more. So, I mean, unless one of these ladies are coming out of nowhere from another roster, uh, I mean, Ty Valkyrie is a free agent. She did have her signed off on Impact. So, I I mean, that could be a surprise, and I'm not trying to ruin it. I'm just, we're, you know, we're talking podcast here. We're talking Royal Rumble. So, we got to mention the surprise entrances that possibly could be an entrant. 
So, I mean, with the the way I see this going is this could go one or two ways. I feel like the only people that have a shot at winning this are Bailey and Blair. There's no, there's, they have, I just don't see any, but the story of Sasha and Bailey is just written on the wall. I'd, I'd love to talk about it, but you all know the history of it. It is, it's ready and raring to go for this WrestleMania. I actually probably see in it maybe going on night one, maybe even the first match. I think this is important. I think it's important that Bailey wins the Rumble. I'm not a Bailey fan. You all know me. I'm a huge Charlotte fan. Bailey is not my cup of tea, but booking wise, she is ready to go for this. This is her. I think you need a good heel win too for a Rumble. It's kind of been a little bit since you know a heels won the Rumble. I don't even know if a female heel has won the Rumble. I don't think they have. So, you know, maybe that's a good good uh, checkoff for this. You know, Bailey get the win, and I mean Charlotte. Charlotte could be another one. I just don't see it. Um, I don't think she needs it. I think there's going to be a breakup between Oscar and Charlotte eventually. It's coming in the very near future because those two can work together, and they're good. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to watch Oscar and Charlotte? I mean, I don't even care if you're not a wrestling fan. You want to watch Oscar and Charlotte. It's, it's, they're going to be good. They're going to have a great match. They're going to put on, you know, a clinic, basically. They're two, probably if the two best women wrestlers in WWE by far. I don't, I mean, I don't even think, you know, there's a couple other girls that, you know, Bailey's got it, Sasha's got it. But if you want it, you look for it in those two names that I definitely just said. So the women's rumble kind of looks like that. I think there be a, there. Of course, there's going to be a lot of surprises. A lot of NXT girls are going to get a shot. Uh, I like to see Tony Storm really get in there. I think that'd be great. She's a good uh, good woman's wrestler that I can't wait to get up to the main roster full time. Uh, that'd be great. Um. So the woman's match that that that's going to be the main story is Bailey. I, I don't see it any other way. So let's get on to the uh, next match, which I kind of feel like, and, and I don't think this will happen, but it very well could. I think we might have back-to-back women's matches. So I think we're going to go with Oscar and Charlotte versus Nia Jax and Baszler. This could go either way also. The only thing I hope in this match is that Nia Jax does not hurt one of these two girls. Nia Jax is so sloppy in the ring. I don't... I've said it on plenty other podcasts, and I will repeat myself on this podcast. It is imperative that this girl learns how to keep people safe. She gets in there. She's a boulder as it is. She's huge. She's got a ton of like body weight on these girls, and she's just throwing herself, and she's picking the girls up because she's massive, and they're like line darts, and and they're flying in the steps, getting hurt. They're they're tearing their shoulder muscles. They're doing all kinds of things that are keeping themselves out. I can't. Well, I mean, how many people is she hurt now? Four. I mean, one one or two since the pandemic. I mean. At what point are you management and you say, okay, look, you need to either tone the dial down or go down to the performance center and get some work because I'm tired of her hurting people. And I'm scared that she's going to hurt probably, like I said, as I stated previously, the two best women wrestlers in WWE. I don't see, I mean, I could see Nia and Baszler winning, but I mean, they've got a lot of dissension. They've already been the champs. I think that the Oscar Charlotte, um, storyline continues till the next following two. I think there's two pay-per-views before WrestleMania. So a load of this stuff could very well change in a matter of events. McMahon, I'm going to come off the limo and I'm changing the whole script of Raw. <laughs> so, I mean, it, this tag team match could really go either way. But if I had to put my money on it, as I said, 
Oscar and Charlotte with the win here. I think this this has potential if Nia's on her game to be a really, really good match and maybe a surprise match of the night. Um, it's got the workings of three decent, you know, two really good workers, one okay worker, and one that just can't stop hurting people. So we'll see what goes down with that. It, again, it's going to be all storyline structured here. This is what this is about. I don't see Nia winning or or Baszler either. It's it's just not. They're not going to pin either one of them. So that'll just move on. So let's get on into one of the world title matches that I think you know it has a lot of potential. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. This could be the show stealer. And the reason I'm saying this is, I don't know if you've noticed their past matches, but man, they have really kept my attention. And if you keep me entertained with wrestling, you're doing something. I mean, I've watched everything. (laughs) You know, it's not bragging. That's just truth. I'm a huge wrestling fanatic. I always have been in my entire life. And I see these guys for some reason putting on a heck of a match. Especially with it being Royal Rumble. Um, I would like maybe Adam Pierce get involved. Maybe do something to Heyman in this match. Create a false finish. Uh, I think that would be really good. Um, Kevin Owens can put on a good match for just about anybody, I think, in WWE. Roman Reigns has gotten better and since the last time we left you. In the last podcast I did, I think I actually said something about Roman Reigns turning heel. Well, here we are. One of the best things that WWE has done during this entire pandemic was turn Roman Reigns heel. Roman Reigns has been ready to turn heel for about a year before they did it. And thank God that they did it. Because he has just... And to put him with Heyman, due to maybe Brock taking time off and Brock's contract did run out... um, It'll be real interesting to see how long this lasts because are we going to get a Brock Lesnar comeback? Are we going to get that uh, that Royal Rumble surprise entrance, well, entrance, which we'll I'll get into when I get to the Rumble match for the men's? But Because I really see him coming in. I just know, I feel it. I have that, I guess I'll call it the Brock feeling. I just feel like Brock's going to come down and tear her house down. Like That's what he does. He's a monster. But don't want to get off topic here. The winner in this match is going to be Roman Reigns. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) There is absolutely no way I see Kevin Owens winning this belt. Now, with that being said, I could very well see Adam Pearce getting involved, causing Heyman as a distraction. You know, maybe that stops Heyman from doing something in the ring. Whatever it may be. But... Right here, Roman Reigns all day long. There's really nothing else to say about this match due to the fact that you know for a fact that these two are going to put on a heck of a match. And I really hope that they get the last match in this. I don't want to see... I really don't want to see it go any farther. Like, I don't want to see it get changed around the card. It doesn't need to be. It should be the last match. But, you know, there's Drew and Goldberg. And we all know that. We we know Goldberg is a household name. We all need to get over that. I've been watching on the internet for the last three months. People demolishing this guy. Totally get it. I get it. Like, he can't work. He gets hurt. He (laughs) Just on SmackDown or Raw... When they did the the spear and the claymore kick, Drew and him together, you know, he bit his tongue off almost. So him, he even hurts himself. <laughs> like he he's he just hurt. He gets hurt all the time, or he, he hurts a guy. He almost killed Taker with that jackhammer. Like it's gonna be tough <laughs> if Goldberg wins this match against Drew. So let's go right into it. Goldberg and Drew. Because I really feel like the men's rumble is going to be last. I really do. 
minus the woman's match for the world title. Which I didn't even write down, so I don't know much about. Either or. I really feel like that Goldberg may pull this out. I have a feeling <laughs> that the Fiend needs this. And let me explain. If you remember correctly, Goldberg took the belt off the Fiend. Well, guess what, Goldberg? You owe him one. So by you owing him one, that means what you need to do is you need to get back to the business, Goldberg. This is your opportunity to maybe, just maybe, hold on to some fans that are on their way out the door with you. Because I'm going to be honest, I am real, real, really tired of Vince giving spots to the part-timers who haven't been on TV all year long. And if they had, the last time they were on, he lost to Drew. So here we go. We got a rematch. I could also see maybe this goes to the best of two out of three, which means it would push it to WrestleMania. I don't want that. Goldberg is 54 years old, and I'm not saying that 54 is, I mean, Sting age where he's in his 60s or anything like that, but, I mean, at what point do these old guys need to step aside? It's time to move on. It has been fantastic being able to watch these guys throughout the year, and I was never a huge, huge Goldberg fan. Do I respect him? Yeah, he had his moments. And Goldberg does have his moments. He has good matches, never. <laughs> but he's intense. And intensity can do a lot more. Warrior did not have many good matches. But Ultimate Warrior was one of the biggest merchandise, and to this day, is one of the biggest merchandise selling figure or character that WWE has ever really created. So... With that being said, Goldberg sells tickets. Or in the words of JR, he puts asses in seats. And that's what it's about, folks. How many tickets are they selling? You can, you know, none right now, of course. But come WrestleMania time, they're going to get those 25000 Yeah, of course they are. They're going to get the twenty-five the next night? Of course they are. Here's the problem. What's going to happen after the Rumble High wears off. What's going to happen after the WrestleMania season wears off? Are people going to come back out? Maybe. You're still going to feel the effects of the pandemic. So at what point, you know, the the part-timers are for to sell tickets. There's no tickets to be sold to Royal Rumble. As far as I know, there is no crowd. So with there being no crowd... Why am I going to sit back as a booker and say, you know what, let's grab Goldberg. Okay, fine, big name. You want to put him in the Rumble? Fantastic. Do you want to tease that Goldberg's going to win it? Fantastic. Make him last four. Maybe he's the last one to be eliminated. That way you keep his name big in case you want to do something for WrestleMania. But no, they literally forced him right back into the world title scene when there's other guys like The Fiend or AJ Styles that should be having a match at Royal Rumble tomorrow night for the belt. Not Goldberg. That's my problem with Goldberg. It's not that I don't like Goldberg. It's not that I don't respect Goldberg. But what I do have an issue with is, is is these older guys just getting getting shoved down our throats almost. And they almost did it with Taker. And I pray that Taker's not going to be in the Rumble. We'll get to that in a little bit. But sticking with what I'm talking about with these part-timers is, and, and this goes for AEW too, I get Sting's a big name. I was excited. It was really a big moment for AEW as a company. But I'm not going to, to sit here and say, well, what have you done with him? Well, yeah, I am going to sit here and say that. Because what have you done with him? You've done nothing with Sting. Sting has come out. Sting has said nothing hardly until this past week. 
He cut a good promo that he needed to cut. But you cannot just sign a guy for so much amounts of money and not have him do something. My problem with it is these guys are going to start getting hurt, Goldberg included. Goldberg's gotten hurt quite a bit in every match that he's pretty much ever had. Either he gets hurt by himself because he bangs his head into the locker before he comes out there because he's hyped up. So he so he gets rocked with that. So then he might have a concussion before he even comes out to the ring. Then he gets out there. <laughs> and then he, he's either going to run into the turnbuckle pad with his head straight forward. He's going to hit the post when he goes for the spear. With the, You know, the, the one spot that Goldberg always does, he always misses a spear. Always one. Go back and look at every Goldberg match after he won the title in WCW. As soon as they realized he was just a human being and not a monster, he had that same exact spot every time. Guy's coming from the corner, guy steps out of the way, Goldberg hits the corner post, or he hits the turnbuckle hard. And he nine times out of ten, he's hurt himself doing that. Maybe he would just learn to maybe slow down a little bit when he's coming inside of a, you know object that's not moving. So basically, you're going to hit it like concrete. <laughs> so, I mean, I pray for whatever booking WWE does have ready for this, that they know what they're doing and not put Goldberg over Drew, but I have a sad suspicion that uh, we could be in for a long ride. <laughs> this could be the one disappointment for everybody for Rumble, and I, I, I could be wrong, and I hope I am. Um, let's look at it on the other side of things. If Drew wins, that sets up what I'm hoping for for what we're about to talk to talk about next. The Men's Rumble. The Men's Royal Rumble is going to be fantastic. I'm excited for it. It's, I think it's the one match on the card that's going to underscore everything. Like It's going to put the WrestleMania package together. It's going to start, you're going to start wrapping the present here. So let's look at the Men's Rumble. You got Daniel Bryan. You got Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Otis, Miz, Jey Uso, Cesaro, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ali, Edge, King Corbin, Dominique Mysterio, Rey Mysterio, Braun, and nine surprises. So there are nine surprise entrances in this year's Men's Royal Rumble. Now, again, these are strictly rumors. And again, I do not know this to be true. These are who I think are probably going to be the nine names that show up. I would put the best chance you have to show up of these three guys. Buddy Murphy has not been announced. I think he can come back now. Alistair Black is getting repackaged. No better time to bring anybody back out of a repackage than at Royal Rumble. Make some fresh. Make some seem fresh. Um, and Andrade. I see him also um, coming back. I think it's due time for him. Um, I see Tucker being as an entrance. Nothing spectacular there. Um, and then this is where we kind of get into the iffy stuff. So Keith Lee and his girlfriend both tested positive for COVID. One of them was asymptomatic. The other one has some problems. Uh, it's not been told which one that is. I do not know, nor do I care. The fact of the matter is is they're probably either on the verge of really coming back maybe next week, or they might surprise people and have Keith Lee in the Rumble if he can pass the COVID protocols. Now, I, again, I don't know which one was asymptomatic and which one was having an illness, but let's look at the body structures here. Keith Lee's a big dude. So, I mean, the odds of him being the one with the problem is probably the right answer to this one. So, I put Keith Lee on this list. But I think it's not going to happen. So, also, RVD is a free agent. So, he left Impact. He's been teased to do some things in WWE. I have a very good feeling he could be a name. Um, Matt Riddle could be a name. He is. I, I have not seen anything of him in the Rumble. Uh, Booker T could be a surprise entrance. Booker, for an older man... Is in shape. I don't know if you've seen any of Booker's like weightlifting, karate, uh, DDP yoga stuff that he does sometimes on air. He uh, he's built pretty good for his age. I mean, the guy is um, uh, 
The guy's unbelievable uh, for his age. I think he's like, what, in his 50s? And he's, I mean, he could be older. He could be late 50s. I'm not sure exactly. But uh, Booker is in shape. I think he could do a little something out there. And the one name that I think is going to definitely be there is John Cena. Um, you know, he he did the, uh, there's the coffee beat. That is the beat for the coffee. Um, so I really feel like he could be the one that definitely shows up. He did the commercials for WrestleMania. Uh, he's done a lot of things with WWE in the last month or two. Uh, some things that really haven't been seen on TV. Uh, so some ambassador stuff, kind of like what Hogan was doing for a couple years there. Uh, Cena's been doing that for WWE. Uh, I really see him being in there and don't for a minute. For one second, do not think The Fiend is going to show up at this Royal Rumble. Because he is. He is definitely going to show up. I would almost put my money that The Fiend is going to win the Royal Rumble. I could almost venture to say, on an off-limb thing, that Alexa Bliss could win the Royal Rumble. It depends. I could be wrong. You know? These are strictly opinions, but the, you know, the fiend is just so over. I can't see how in the world you wouldn't let him win the um, the match. There's just no. There, I don't. He is the guy. It would be awesome to see the fiend versus Drew at WrestleMania. I would. I would. I mean, that to me, that's the match that everybody wants to see. Um. So, I mean, that's really the, the, the surprise entrance. That, that's it. I mean, there's not much. Most of the names have been announced for the men. So, I mean, you know, you can pick and choose here. But there's one name that stands out to me more than anybody, and that's the first one I mentioned, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is not long off from having to go completely part-time. He wants one final run, I'm sure. I think Vince is going to give it to him after that 2004 debacle. With him getting hurt and everything that happened with that. Uh, I think it would be good for Daniel Bryan to go out with a championship run. Uh, him and Styles can have some matches if they can move Styles around. You know, I mean, there's a lot they could do with this. So, you know, him and Shinsuke could actually have a good match maybe with, you know, them actually allowing them to go out and put a match on eventually if Brian was to win the title. I mean, there's a lot of options on SmackDown for Brian to have some really good world title matches on TV. So, I mean, I even really do go so far to say that Daniel Bryan's going to win the whole thing. And I think he might even, I'm going to make a really bold prediction here. I really think he might beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think America needs that feel-good story. Roman's the most overheel in WWE right now. He's the one that's going to grab the most heat. If he beat the crap out of Daniel Bryan week in and week out, even maybe go as far as the end of the Royal Rumble that night and attack him, I mean, you're setting up a huge match for WrestleMania. And one that I quite frankly would hope be the last match on night two. That's how good I think that match would be. I don't know why, I just have a feeling. Uh, I mean, I, they're both great workers anyway. I mean, you got a heel and then you'll have your traditional baby face, which for the first time in a long time, there's no gray area possibly in the main event this year, which is just a fantastic thing. See, like there's a gray area in the Rumble main events, except, well, for one of them, for Drew and Goldberg, because there's people like Goldberg and you, there's no heel here. There's two big time, just massive bulls colliding, kind of like him and Lesnar. So... You know, there, there's a gray area there. Um, but, yeah, folks, that's Royal Rumble. That is probably going to be one of the last pay-per-views without a crowd. So that's exciting. It's not that I want it to get over quick. It's that I want, I want them to really put on a good show. Like, I want this to be entertaining the entire time. I think it has an opportunity to be. Um... It's booked not as bad as I thought it could end up being. Um, I was a little shocked with Goldberg coming back. I mean, yeah, that's what it was. It's the shock factor. It's the it's the buy my you know get the WWE network 
uh, watch Royal Rumble because Goldberg's on there type thing. Um, so, yeah, that's where we are with WWE and with the Royal Rumble. Um, take a little break real, you know, real quick for a second and talk about what is going to happen to the Turnbuckle Takeover from here on out. Well, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be new new graphics. There's going to be an opening song title that I can find that doesn't have copyright. Because <laughs> everything's copyrighted now. Uh, you got to be careful what you put on video. Um, there's going to be video of me, of course. There's going to be all kinds of new opening and outgoing videos. Uh, going to have some sponsors. I'm going to work on that later on. Uh, the reason why there is no video right now is because the computer is actually moved out into my living room. I have been living in my living room for probably about 12 months now. <laughs> so, uh, it's not been bad, actually. It's cheaper on the electric bill. So, um, I don't have my background set up. You know, nothing set up when I move the computer back into the other room, which probably in the next month or so is going to end up happening. Uh, then we're going to be back on video. We're going to be back up with new graphics and new... Probably going to keep the logo the same. I like the logo. Uh, you know, and I, I want to hear from you guys also. What do you want to see different from the Turnbuckle Takeover? Uh, and again, I do apologize for the absence, but I figured it was nice to maybe have a break for a little bit. Um, there were some things I needed to take care of on a personal level. Uh, so... You know, we're back, basically. We are back. Now, I wasn't going to talk about AEW because I wanted to save this for an episode. But I've got time. I've got 20 minutes. I want this to be an hour-long episode for everybody. Um, you know, for you all to enjoy maybe tonight or tomorrow before the Rumble to see if I'm right. You know? So just make sure you hit like and subscribe and tell your friends about me. Uh, if you have a good time watching me, Tell them about Turnbuckle Takeover. Tell them about Billy Bailey. You know, tell them what your opinion of the show is. And I know sometimes it probably could get boring to listen to because there's no video. But uh, at this point in the game, really can't do anything. I'm still, you know, trying to figure out where I want to go with things. So, however, the weekly show is back. That's a guarantee. Everything else will be back eventually. Now. Let's get into AEW. I have never been so shocked in my life as, except when I seen Kenny Omega on Impact Wrestling Television. Now, you guys had to know this was coming. You knew I was going to talk about it. I also predicted this, and I'm not sure what episode of the past of the Turnbuckle Takeover it was, but I had said it's time for all these companies that aren't under the WWE umbrella to join together. There's only one way to take out the monster. And I'm not saying I want WWE to go out of business. I don't. But what they need is a good uh, old school swift kick in the ass. And as The Undertaker said on Joe Rogan's podcast. Which if you haven't checked it out. Joe Rogan's podcast experience. On YouTube. It's about 2 hours and 44 minutes long. And the one thing that stuck out in my mind was when they were talking about today's product different from today. What the guys would do in the back. Guys would have guns and knives and shoot their guns off and their, their knives off and play cards and, you know, play a game of, of craps or something. Or, or you know, do, it was old school stuff. Now they're playing video games and getting pretty. Well, you know, I don't find that hard to believe. I really don't. You have to seriously sit back and think for a moment. Look at half of the roster of WWE from AJ Styles to The New Day to uh, Up Up Down Down the Show to Adam Cole to a couple other of the gamers. And I'm sure I'm missing some of them. But, you know, gaming's a big deal compared to when it was in the 80s and the early 90s. Not everybody played a Nintendo. I mean, people did. You know, older older people did also. But... When you're traveling on the road, it's a lot harder back in the 80s to bring a TV with you and a whole original Nintendo, pack all that up. I don't even know how you would pack that up and go from town to town. There was no flat screens. So unless Vince had a TV somewhere they could hook up, maybe. But I get what Taker's saying. The product's soft. You know, either way you look at it. 
I don't care what Roman Reigns says. He came back and, you know, he had a rebuttal of it. And fine, that's great. I'm not saying what you guys don't do in the ring is not way far ahead than anything they did in the 80s because it is. But to sit there and say, oh, a drop kick was a finish in the 80s, of course it was. But you also only had to throw a drop kick to get a pop that would blow the roof off the place. Okay? Macho Man's move was an elbow drop. Hulk Hogan's was a leg drop. Jake Roberts' was a DDT, which, let's be honest, was the most devastating move. I mean, sometimes Andre's finish was a headbutt. Some guys had a clothesline for a finish. That didn't matter. It doesn't matter what your finish is. It matters, does it look good? Is it believable? Can I believe that you just took this guy's head off with it? You know? Like, I'll give Nikita Koloff was... You know, he gets a bunch of smack for his matches and stuff. But he had a finisher, that clothesline. If I mean, if you hit that, if he hit that clothesline on you, it. I don't think very many people kicked out that I can remember unless a foot got dangled on the rope by a horseman or something like that. My point is, is here we are with AEW, working with other promotions. And this is going to be the fundamental thing that changes this entire atmosphere of professional wrestling. And I do not think by any means this is going to be Monday Night War quality crap. But what I'm saying is, if you're an Impact fan, and you can watch Impact and see AEW guys on there, well, guess what you're going to do? You're going to go watch Impact, or you're going to go watch AEW see the Impact guys on there. Oh, well, guess what that does? It's a total better business for both businesses. I have watched Impact's numbers jump up dramatically since Kenny did that whole thing. And actually, ever since Hard to Kill, they they did drop down a bunch in viewership, but they've also did a gain. So you got a net of loss to get a gain. So they literally dropped down, I believe, when Kenny was on there, it was somewhere in the 600, 700,000. They dropped back down to like 150,000 views. But then they went right back up the following week. They've gained viewers the last four weeks. Guess what, folks? That's what it's about. If I'm looking at a network or I'm looking at a show that's on my network and I say, let's see, okay, they gained 4%, 3%. Okay, there's another 2% of group. If you're gaining viewers and you're not losing any, that means you're doing something right. Now, am I saying that Impact's going to be a huge promotion? No. I see it as follows. WWE will always be the main dog in the hunt. AEW looks like to be a second strong force to deal with for WWE competition. Impact is going to be that place where guys go that get released and they have nowhere else to go. It's going to be the land of misfit toys. The problem is... They're going to develop a roster off of that to where they're going to be able to tell, well, hey, I can get rid of this guy or this guy's not working out, so send him here. You know, it's going to be like the territorial days almost. They are ECW in a way. I mean, if you look at Impact, you know, I'm not saying the guys are good at workers as the ECW guys were because some of them are not good in Impact and there needs to be, um, I guess, some type of, of roster look over after this next pay-per-view, um, I would definitely do that. I would have maybe a roster clean up a little bit. There are a couple guys that are not doing it for me there. And the same thing goes for AEW. But by this happening, stuff like that is easier for a company to figure out. If I'm just a company by myself and I'm not working with any other company, then I just know what's good on my product. Because let's be honest, if you're, unless you're Tony Khan or Vince, if you're working for WWE or AEW, you don't have time to worry about what's going on on NXT, SmackDown, or Raw if you're AEW and vice versa if you're WWE. That's not how things work. You know, everybody, um, everybody's like, oh, it's a war. No, there is no war between AEW and NXT. There is a war between AEW and WWE. The NXT war is done. They beat them so many times. There's... I mean, it's, it's over with at this point in my eyes. Because NXT is a farm system. I cannot get invested in NXT 
And I've said this to a bunch of people that I know. I've gotten, no, you know what, Billy, you're right. And I've gotten, oh, you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. Yes, NXT matches are fantastic. NXT UK is even better because of Walter. Walter reminds me, I wish Walter was in the 80s. Because I wish Hulk Hogan had Walter to feud with. That guy's a monster and he can work. So would I like to see Walter in NXT? Sure, I think he'd be a great name. But again, it doesn't matter. Because anybody that goes to NXT eventually is coming to the main roster if you are big enough to be a star. And here we are sitting here another year. And one prediction I wasn't right on was the Undisputed Era coming to the main roster. I thought for sure last year they were coming and ready. It needs to happen. I would love to see Adam Cole as a surprise entrance in the Rumble. Because that would be just... Mind-blowing. It'd be a surprise. It'd be a good surprise. It would be a big name showing up off the indie scene. You make the indie crowd happy. And here lately, I guess that seems to be the big deal between WWE fans and indie. You know, you got to make the other side happy before the other side will give you time of day. Like, it wasn't like that with the Monday Night War. Everybody watched both promotions. And I wish that wrestling fans would learn that. It's okay to be a WWE fan. It's fine. That doesn't mean you need to hate AEW and vice versa. It really bothers me that, you know, could you imagine if WWE and AEW could get along? Oh my gosh. Like the matches? Come on, man. It'd be amazing. But back to what I was saying with the partnership, this is good for the business. I like seeing things like this. Now, some of you might not know. Some of you may know. AEW. Actually, surprisingly, trademarked trademarked Battle for the Belts. Now, if anybody remembers anything, Battle for Belts is quite something like AWA and USWA did back in the heyday. It was champion versus champion, basically title for title unification. Uh, I think even... um, I think Memphis also did it with uh, maybe Savage's promotion. I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember. But this is so good for wrestling. It's so good for the young guys. It's good for AEW. It's good for Impact. And even if Khan did buy Impact, which he didn't, Anthem still owns Impact. I think it'd be good for the business as long as he kept them separate. But partnership, it's okay. I would be so awesome if Battle of the Belts was AEW, New Japan, Impact, and Ring of Honor, all under one roof, all for one night, once a year. How awesome would that be? Because those promotions all year long would be forced to work together based off of a contractual obligation for them to put that mat- that, that show together. So the storyline commences. You know, you could battle Impact against AEW. You could battle Ring of Honor you know, you can even go as far as have MLW put in it. I mean, it, they're, the, the NWA, when that ever comes back, which I don't see that coming back. I see a bunch of those guys have went and got contracts somewhere else, even if they're short-term. I, it's going to be very hard for NWA to pick up steam that they had before the pandemic. However, they could very well show up. So it could be five promotions. I'd rather see it then right down to four I don't really think you need five. Five is too much. And it's going to be a big headache to book. And as long as everybody can stay on the same page, and I guess I should say, when you want a guy put over, he's allowed to be put over. You get what I'm saying? Like, he, like there should be no, oh, well, this is my guy. He should be in the last match. Yes, there's politics in wrestling. Yes, you're going to have that. Yeah, they're going to argue. But if they can get along long enough... <laughs> To put on a show that is, like, could you imagine? Okay, and I don't see Rich Swan staying the Impact Championship Wrestling by the champion, by the way. Let, let's just keep that in mind. But Kenny Omega and, I don't know, Jay Lethal in a match? Amazing match that would be for Ring of Honor. Um, you know, maybe a, um, you know, I think Moose is fantastic. Moose looks like a million bucks. He's got a great entrance and a good song. I think Moose is like a package. He's like the professional wrestler. I also like Sammy Callahan. 
they could have good matches with anybody from any three of those promotions, and most of them have already worked together, so it wouldn't be anything new. And then you put all the women together from all the promotions, and maybe you can actually do something, because Impact's got y'all beat by, I mean, even WWE. Impact's women roster, women's roster is amazing. Even losing Taya has really not put a dent in it, which is awesome for them. They've always had a good women's division. And I think that's what kind of hovers the viewers around. They really need to work on the men's division, but that's another day, another time. But as far as AEW and Impact's working relationship, these are the grounds, these are the seeds to plant the big tree. This could be just so good for the wrestling business, even good for WWE indirectly. Like, they're going to get a rub off of that. So, it's going to be a big weekend, folks. Royal Rumble. Um, you know, I was going to do a top five, but eh, not this time. Next time, we'll bring the top five back. I wanted to really concentrate on what's been going on um, as far as Royal Rumble coming up and stuff going on with AEW and Impact. And, you know, even Sting. Sting joining Impact, that's a huge deal. You know, and maybe I should touch on it. Let's touch a couple minutes on Sting. I'm scared for Sting. Sting is not supposed to be working in the ring. Sting should not be working in the ring. He should not be taking bumps. He is past his prime, unfortunately, and he's had multiple injuries. Multiple injuries. So with that being said... I hope AEW protects Sting. A street fight, he can be protected. Um, Again, what do you do? You got Brian Cage in there with him. and Look, I'm not trying to talk any smack on anybody. But Cage is sloppy. He can hurt people. And he's done it before. And I'm really scared. Like, I would trust this a lot better if it was Cody versus Sting in just a regular match. I don't feel like this is going to go over well. If I would keep Ricky Starks with Sting the entire match, like I wouldn't even let Brian Cage touch Sting. I would just let, you know, Darby Allen and Brian Cage go at it the entire time. Like I don't want to see Sting get anywhere near Cage because I'm afraid he's going to hurt him. Like really. Uh, not I, Again, I, Cage is not totally sloppy. I don't want to put that out there, but he does have his moments. I've seen him almost hurt some people. So, we'll see where that goes at Revolution. That's a ways away. March 7th, it actually got moved because of the pandemic. So, we'll see where it goes. Uh, hopefully, they keep booking Sting on Dynamite. He's supposed to be on there every week from what Tony Khan said. Um, so, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the brand new episode of the Turnbuckle Takeover. Uh, man, it's so, it feels real good to be back. It feels real good to be back. i uh, missed you guys greatly. Um, didn't even get to say Merry Christmas to you. Then you do any of that, that holiday festive stuff. But next year, maybe we'll be able to do some giveaways on the Turnbuckle Takeover. Maybe some wrestling figure giveaways. Maybe some DVD giveaways. Uh, I'm going to really strive hard to make this channel something. And uh, for everybody listening out there, thank you very much. This has been your host, Billy Bailey, with the Turnbuckle Takeover podcast. And I'll see you next week with Rumble Results. And the start of the AEW coverage back. Thank you.